Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's up? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly today on this rainy Friday here in Studio B. No, it's not raining inside Studio B, but raining outside, and uh, hoping the rain will go away for this weekend. I feel like a little bit like what's we're in Seattle right now, but uh, anyways, hopefully the rain goes away for everyone in New Orleans and wherever you may be. Hopefully it's nice out for you on this Friday. And speaking of Seattle, if you missed uh, yesterday's show, we had Bob Condota on from the Seattle Times to help us get to know Max Unger a little bit as free agency is underway. The madness has continued and will continue probably for the rest of the weekend. You can catch that interview on the Saints app or on NewOrleansSaints.com. Again, the Saints kept busy yesterday, that's for sure. They signed cornerback Brandon Browner to a three-year deal. Browner played on the Super Bowl-winning Patriots last season and ironically played on the Super Bowl-winning Seattle Seahawks team the year before. So two Super Bowls in a row and two wins for Mr. Browner. So he'll bring that championship pedigree here to New Orleans. And um, we'll have John DeShazer on um, in our next segment to talk about the free agent moves, the ones that have become official. As I'm recording the show, there are rumors of trades going down as far as um, Kenny Stills maybe on the move, um, Saints potentially adding C.J. Spiller. Again, nothing official, so I don't want to comment on them. But again, you can log on to NewOrleansSaints.com, follow them on Twitter at Saints, and look out for John DeShazer's work um, all throughout the day as there will be a flurry of moves still probably coming. I'm not sure, though, and um, again, a crazy, crazy free agency around the NFL. Yesterday, Ben Grubbs was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs for a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. Um, Grubbs spent three years with the Saints and earned himself a Pro Bowl bid in 2013, and also the Saints re-signed Ramon Humber to a new two-year deal. Humber was the special teams captain for the Saints last season, so he'll be back with the black and gold at least for another two years. Nothing else official yesterday, but again, follow Saints at Saints and uh, NewOrleansSaints.com for all the updates on roster moves. On the basketball side, the Pelicans are enjoying four days of no games today. will be day number three. The Pelicans are a half game ahead of, of the Thunder for the eighth spot in the West. You wouldn't know it by the way the national media is talking about us, but hey, extra motivation for this team. We'll talk to another national media member today as Sean Devaney from the Sporting News will be on to talk all things NBA and Pelicans. And just a warning, 
We caught Sean in a bad cell spot yesterday, so you will be able to hear him, but it does sound a little distorted. I, again, um, listen to it. It sounds fine. You'll be able to hear everything he has to say. And also, again, on Fridays, as we usually do, we'll have head coach Monty Williams on. Sean Kelly sits down with him every Thursday on the Monty Williams Show. It's a lot of good stuff, and in case you miss it, because it's 8 to 8.30 on WWL every Thursday, we wanted to at least let you hear what head coach had to say in Sean's most extensive interview with Monty. So we'll have that. We'll have Sean Devney and, of course, all the NFL talk. We'll start with that. Coming up next, I sit down with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Join us this Sunday at 5 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center as the Denver Nuggets face your New Orleans Pelicans in a Western Conference matchup. Pelicans Fest starts at 3.30 with music, interactive games, and appearances by Pierre and the Pelicans dance team. The first 3,000 lucky kids will receive a Chevron red jersey, the next giveaway in our Year of the Red Uniform series. Tickets start as low as $15, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Besh Restaurant Group and Your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Demps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. We begin today with Saints news. New Orleans has signed cornerback Brandon Browner to a three-year deal. We welcome in John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com to talk about Browner and some other uh, free agent happenings for the New Orleans Saints. J.D., good morning and a little busy today, aren't you? Yeah, things are buzzing around a little bit here in the trade and free agency and teams are addressing needs and pretty aggressive across the league actually so so it's been a busy time is this one of the wildest free agents you've seen even even whether it's for the saints or just in the nfl in general well i mean we have seen some activity from the saints in previous years but i don't think we've seen anything like this uh especially when you're talking about uh trades and free agency when you combine the two then it's been extremely busy for the saints it, it i guess it's maybe reminiscent of the first year 2006 when sean payton came in as a, as a first-year coach, and then he was obviously trying to, you know, stamp the, the roster in his image and, and, and improve it and, and upgrade and, and those kinds of things. But certainly this has been a, a busy, busy offseason so far for the Saints. Absolutely, and yesterday was a busy day for the Saints, officially signing Brandon Browner from the New England Patriots to a three-year deal. J.D., uh, what can you tell us about Brandon Browner? Well, we know he's a big guy, six four two eleven. We know he's got ball skills, uh, eleven picks. Uh, we know he also brings some veteran leadership. He's uh, thirty; he'll be thirty-one in August, and also a guy who has played at a high level. He played uh, in the last two Super Bowls and won both of them. Ironically, one with Seattle two years ago, one with New England this year. So, you know, he's a guy who, and, and he's going to fill a huge, huge hole for the Saints. We know that the Saints had some uh, deficiencies defensively that they wanted to address. We know that cornerback was high on that priority list opposite Keenan Lewis. Well, now they have a guy who has played at a high level. He's played high, He's played opposite Richard Sherman in Seattle. He played opposite Darrell Revis in New England. He is a guy who also played in the CSL, and he was a standout there. 
So, you know, I, I, I think the Saints addressed that huge gaping need in their secondary being a, a, a secondary, a cornerback. They've been kind of looking for a guy since Jabari Greer was injured a couple of years ago, and they've tried out numerous guys at that position, and finally they they believe they have their guy. Yeah, J.D., you mentioned the Super Bowls with Seattle and New England. Not only has he been good on the field, but do you think that maybe that leadership in the locker room or that championship pedigree is another reason why they brought in Brandon? Well, from everything you hear and read about him, he's a guy who will hold his teammates accountable and he will hold them to a high standard. And, uh, you know, you heard uh, Coach Payton and certain players last year talk about leadership or the lack thereof in the Saints locker room. He's a guy who will walk in immediately with credibility because he's got two rings. He also has played at a, at a high level, played in the Pro Bowl, and I think he was an All-Pro in 2012 or 2013. And so he's a guy who immediately walks into your locker room with some credibility. He can call guys' work ethic and execution into, into question. And if he's able to do that and he has that credibility and guys don't, you know, kind of, kind of you know, back up on him and get you know get offended by it then he's a welcome addition because i believe he'll be able to perform as well as he'll be able you know he'll be able to walk to walk as well as talk to talk we're talking with john DeShazer from new orleans saints.com jd this team was ranked last year 25th in uh, passing yards allowed now a secondary of browner bird lewis and vicaro when healthy secondary is nothing to sleep on yeah, I mean, they've got some guys, and then they have death. death um, you know, you've got Rochelle Bush back there, and also you have, you know, your Corey Weiss and, and maybe Patrick Robinson if he returns. And, and also, you know, so, so they have some guys who are able, who played this year, who obviously were part of that problem, if you want to call it that, you know, 29th ranked pass defense. But they have some guys who are able to come in and, and, and back up and be able to play in the nickel and dime situation. But that's starting four. You know, that that sounds pretty formidable if they can get those guys healthy. And on the field, we know Jarris Bird seems to be healthy, said he'd be pretty much 100% within the next couple of weeks. He didn't have an offseason with the Saints last year. He will get that offseason in the offseason training program with him this year. And so, you know, Kenny Vaccaro is looking to improve, as most guys are in the offseason. He's a, you know, he'll be going into his third year, and he had a little bit of a dip in the second year. Hopefully he can raise back his, his, raise his level back up to where he wants it to be. So it looks like a pretty formidable secondary if you can get all those guys on the field together. And they certainly have some depth, you know, starting with the guys who, who I mentioned. And also Pierre Warren, let's not forget him. But they have some, some quality depth behind those guys. Another move the Saints made yesterday was trading offensive lineman Ben Grubbs to the Chiefs for a fifth-round pick. John, it looks like the Saints are beginning to stack up some assets in this year's draft. Well, getting the draft pick, um, you're able to, you know, get some salary cap relief. Uh, with Ben Gross. Now, he was a two-time Pro Bowler, but I believe the Saints also believe that Tim Lolito might be ready to step into that position. We know Tim Lolito played some backup center and guard, started a couple of games at center last year for Jonathan Goodwin when Goodwin was injured, but they think highly of him. You know, He was an undrafted rookie a couple of years ago, and if they don't get a guy on the free agent market, and if they don't draft a guy at guard, then maybe they will draft a guy at a guard anyway, but Tim Lolito might be the guy to beat out for that position anyway, because He's played at a high level when he's been in the lineup. So they might already have the replacement for Ben Grubbs on the roster, and you're able to get the salary cap relief, and you're able to add the draft pick with it. So you know, from that standpoint, it's a solid move by the Saints. All right, J.D., there are lots of flurry of stuff going on right now. Nothing official yet as far as the Saints, but uh, what can we expect from you as far as stuff on uh, NewOrleansSaints.com throughout today and the weekend? 
Well, hopefully we'll have a little something on Brandon Brown here if we can track him down. We heard he's having some travel problems to New Orleans, so hopefully we'll be able to speak to him and learn a little bit more about him and his decision to come to New Orleans uh, and upgrade this team. And also, you know, sometime next week we'll have a peek at uh, Dan Simmons, the longtime equipment manager for the Saints, you know, 42-year 42 uh, year employee, longest tenured in Saints history, and he's about to retire at the end of this month. So those are a couple of things to look forward to coming up. And uh, obviously, you know, any other moves that the Saints make, you know, we'll try to bring those to you as soon as possible. We also will, I think, have a chance to sit, sit down and chat with Max Unger early next week, the uh, center that was uh, the centerpiece of the Jimmy Graham trade who comes over from Seattle as a two-time pro bowler and a, and a guy who's been a, a Super Bowl champion. So, you know, those are some of the things that folks can look forward to. Absolutely. You can follow him on Twitter at John DeShazer and look out for his stuff on NewOrleansSaints.com and also the Saints mobile app. Keep it locked on the Saints Twitter this whole weekend for official news on free agency and uh, the wild, wild free agency that it is. J.D., always appreciate it, my friend. Anytime, my friend. All right. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to basketball. Sean Devaney from the Sporting News is set to join me. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back. Our next guest, I would say, is a friend of the program. He is an NBA writer for Sporting News. I caught up with him yesterday afternoon and wanted to share that with you now. Keep in mind, again, his cell phone reception was not the greatest, but you can still hear what he has to say. I start off the interview with asking him about his thoughts on the Pelicans. You know, they've been really resilient, and that's been the most impressive uh, uh, aspect of this season, uh, you know, really over the last few years, of course, they've dealt with uh, uh, any number of injuries and, and injuries to significant players. Uh, that's been the case again this year, uh, but they've been able to withstand it. You know, when they when they fell to 500 uh, a few weeks ago, it looked like uh, okay, well, this is uh, a team that's sort of run out of gas. There's no way they'll be able to uh, bounce back. But as you mentioned, eight out of ten. Uh, you know, they get Norris Cole. Uh, I think that's uh, obviously a huge, uh, uh, a, a huge acquisition for them, and he's been great for them. Um, you know, when you put it all together and you and you look at what Monty Williams has had to deal with, for them to still be in the playoff picture in a very tough Western Conference is pretty remarkable. Absolutely. Pelicans fans are certainly keeping an eye out on the Thunder right now and how they do. Given how the Mavericks have struggled recently and their remaining schedule, is it even realistic to keep an eye out on Dallas, given that the Pelicans continue to win? Yeah, you know, I mean, Dallas has really disappointed. You know, they were, 
uh, with the moves that they made, they were certainly expecting uh, to, to see themselves jump up in the Western Conference and perhaps even be a contender. Uh, we've seen quite the opposite, you know, bringing in Amari Stoudemire and bringing in uh, Rajon Rondo. These are big names, uh, but they've failed the chemistry test so far. So, uh, yeah, you know, certainly if Dallas gets into a, a, a point at which they sort of start to spiral a little bit, you could see that building on itself and uh, uh, and then possibly winding up uh, outside the playoffs. I don't think that'll happen. I think that it is still a veteran team with a very good coach. So, uh, you know, I think Dallas still does make the playoffs. But, uh, you know, certainly uh, uh, it, it does bear watching. I think there's probably a better chance of Dallas dropping out in the end uh, than, than an Oklahoma City team, assuming Oklahoma City uh, uh, can get healthy and stay healthy. Absolutely, and Dallas holds a tiebreaker over New Orleans, so that doesn't help. Um, we'll talk about Anthony Davis a little bit. He's been great since he returned from his sprained shoulder. Is he st- still considered um, for the MVP award? Would you consider him at this point? Well, yeah, I don't think he's going to get legitimate consideration for the top spot. Uh, the question is, you know, is he going to finish in the top five? Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's what we vote on. We, we get to vote uh, uh, for the top five, and, and I think he will be on my ballot. Uh, when you look at it uh, uh, for the top five, it, it's very much a scramble. And certainly the way he's played lately and the way the Pelicans have, have played lately, uh, that, that gives him a better chance and, and, and more of a consideration in terms of moving up. Uh, but in the end, you know, Steph Curry, uh, James Harden, if their teams continue to play the way that they have, it's going to be hard for Anthony Davis to break through, uh, you know, into that top three or so. But certainly uh, uh, I could imagine him finishing fifth. Uh, in the MVP ballot, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, for a guy in his third year, uh, I don't think anybody would complain about that big a guy who finishes fifth uh, uh, on the MVP ballot. Absolutely. He just turned 22 years old, so not bad for his third season as well. Um, you mentioned Steph Curry and uh, James Harden. Are those your top two guys for the MVP right now, or do you slide Wes- yeah, you know, Russell, Russell Westbrook in there? Westbrook is certainly making it interesting, isn't he? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, but, but certainly I would, I would still think that, that right now it comes down to Curry and Harden. Uh, LeBron is, is sort of on the outside as well. Uh, and, and, and like I said, what Westbrook is doing, uh, uh, if he is somehow able to maintain that, uh, through the end of the year and they make the playoffs, it'll be hard to, uh, uh, you know, to keep him out of the top two or top three, uh, if not in that top spot. So, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because usually at this time of year, it's, you know, is it Kobe or LeBron? Is it LeBron or Durant? You know, usually down to two guys. Right. At this point, it's as wide open uh, as I can remember it being in a long, long time. Absolutely. Sean, a lot of people like to see the playoff seating change due to the imbalance of the conferences. The Pelicans have a great case because – they have one of the top 16 records in the league, but right now they would, I guess they would technically be in, but for most of the year they would have been out um, in the Western Conference. Do you think we see a change? And if so, how soon could we see this happen? Well, you know, there's no question that the commissioner is open to change. Uh, I think that the issue is are some of the old owners uh, open to change. You know, the owners who came in when it was East and West and, and you didn't want to have to travel across time zones and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I think getting some of those guys to change their mind is going to be the difficult part uh, in terms of, uh, you know, voting on it uh, at the Board of Governors and, and you know, taking it and, and, and really making it happen. Uh, that's going to be the real issue there. Um, yeah, yeah, I think what speaks to owners more than anything uh, is money. And if you're in a situation where, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, uh, as big a star as he is on the way to becoming, 
if he's not in the playoffs, uh, you know, that hits the bottom line. That, that then, you know, you have the TV network saying, hey, you know, this is, this is hurting us. If you have Durant and Westbrook uh, miss the playoffs, again, you're going to have the TV network saying, hey, this is hurting us. Uh, you know, we need these guys in. I, I think, you know, it, it's maybe not, not the way you'd want to put it, but I think it's, it's going to be a pocketbook issue. You know, it's going to be something when it hits the owners on the bottom line, that's when you start to see uh, uh, change, uh, you know, becoming a reality. So, you know, I think if, if, if things play out the way they look like they're going to play out, I think that sooner rather than later we'll have some sort of change. Okay, good stuff there. Uh, one, before I let you go, we have seen a Cleveland team that has come alive since acquiring Mozgov from the Nuggets, Smith and Shumper from uh, the Knicks. Is it a two-horse race in the East between the Cavs and the Hawks at this point, or is there another maybe dark horse you would say in the East? Well, you know, if the Bulls can never get healthy and stay healthy, you know, we've been saying that for three years, so it's hard to believe that's going to happen. But uh, basically, yeah, I would say it's a, uh, a two-horse race, and I'm not even sold on Atlanta being a legitimate threat to go to the finals in the East. So uh, right now it looks to me like it's the Cavaliers uh, and everybody else. So, you know, that's, uh, that's uh, uh, obviously the situation they thought they were getting into uh, when they signed LeBron. hasn't quite worked out the way they wanted it to, but it's in the end the trade that they've made and, and, and seeing the coach sort of come along a little bit. If all that works out, then I do think we'll wind up seeing the Cavaliers uh, representing the East uh, uh, in the finals. Should be an interesting month, to say the least, ending the uh, regular season. That's Sean Devaney from the Sporting News. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sean Devaney, and go read his work on SportingNews.com. He just wrote a great piece on the former Baylor star, Isaiah Austin. Sean, thanks for your time, and I hope to have you on again when the playoffs start. Uh, Daniel, thank you. More Black and Blue Report at one minute. Besh Restaurant Group and your Pelicans present an exclusive Chalk Talk dinner at Bourne, a John Besh restaurant. Join us Monday, March 16th at 6.30 p.m. for your chance to enjoy great food prepared by Chef Brian Landry and the Bourne staff. The night will be hosted by a Pelicans broadcaster and include appearances by Pelicans guard Tyreek Evans and general manager Del Demps. Tickets are limited to enjoy this night of food and fun. Score your seats and get more info at BourneRestaurant.com. It's 2 a.m. You went to the casino confident you'd win. This time, instead, you lost the money that was supposed to pay your bills. Tonight, you're ready to admit you need help. If you or a family member has a gambling problem, treatment services are available at no cost for Louisiana residents. Call now, 1-877-770-STOP. The help is free and confidential, so call now, 1-877-770-STOP. A message from the Louisiana Department of Health and Hospitals Office of Behavioral Health. This is Pelicans head coach, Monty Williams, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. Let's continue to talk Pelicans on this Friday, as we always do on Fridays. We replay you some of what head coach Monty Williams had to say from his Monty Williams show last night that aired at 8 p.m. on 105.3 WWL-FM. Today is no different, so let's play you some of Sean Kelly's interview with head coach Monty Williams. It's pretty cool that we're going to visit here on this Thursday night as the eighth seed in the West. Um, not bad for March the 12th. I have a feeling I know how you're going to answer this, but uh, it is, I think, worth bringing up, Coach, to start our conversation, and I'll see where you go with it from there. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere with it. We have um, too many games to play. Um, you know, to just just look at teams like San Antonio and 
teams who've been there before and, and done stuff. Uh, you talk, you listen to LeBron. Um, they're not even talking about where they are right now because of the landscape of the league and there's so much parity. Um, for us as a young team, our focus is on tomorrow and, and how can we get better as a team tomorrow. You know, if we were in the last week of the season and we had clinched or something like that, then we could, you know, but that we're not even close to that. And we're in a dogfight and the teams around us are um, really good teams. And so um, we just feel like we have a chance to get better and improve. Um, we like where we are. Uh, we, we're we're kind of licking our wounds a little bit because we feel like we could be in a better situation, but we can't do anything about the past. We can't change the future, but we can be ready for the future. I'll follow up with this. I don't get to start the conversation with you tonight um, with that unless you guys take care of business like you did on this most recent road trip, um, one that had some adversity to it, Coach. Yeah, we had a number of guys, um, you know, from Tyreek to AD, um, go down and you know it's been a constant the last month or so where our bench has had to step up and um, Eric has taken on a huge role and it, it's been pleasant to you know have that happen because that's not something that we've you know has been a luxury for us in, in the last couple of years where we've had guys go down and our bench just wasn't ready to you know take on um, the responsibility of closing out a game or going into a game without a guy, um, it was pretty rough to deal with. And I, I think a lot of it has um, been impacted by Dante and uh, Quincy and Norris. Um, they, they bring a different edge, and, and Quincy and, and Norris come from winning. And so they, they understand that next man up mentality. And that, that's helped us so much. Those guys don't run from the moment. Um, and so from that standpoint, you know, we'd love to have all of our guys rolling, but that, that's not the reality in the NBA. You look around the league, man, there's so many guys out and, and major, major guys out that you have to have a good PD department, um, but you also have to have guys who are willing to step up and, and take on responsibility, and we're blessed to have that. It's interesting, Coach, that you have been leaning here on some newfound depth in the last couple of weeks. Yet when you guys resume gameplay on Sunday, it'll basically be one month to the day until the end of the regular season. In the past, um, you've tightened your rotation a little bit when we've gotten into these situations, and I know that's not uncommon across the league. So uh, my question is, do you start to tighten things up with a month to go, or do you continue to lean on some of this depth that you've enjoyed here recently? Well, I think a lot of it will depend on who we have back. Um, you know, I don't foresee Ryan or Drew coming back in the next – um, week or so, and so we're, we're going to try to do whatever it takes to win. Sometimes that may be tightening up your rotation. Sometimes that may be playing ten guys. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the game. And with a team like ours, um, we've developed a lot of confidence with our bench. But they also have, you know, the mentality that I may not play twenty minutes tonight. I may get five. I may mm -hmm. get ten. And that's, that's the beauty of having someone like Luke. I mean, Luke has started. He's come off the bench. He hasn't played, and it hasn't changed his work ethic. It hasn't changed his mentality. He comes in every day, and he's the same guy. Uh, he's about the first guy on the floor. He gets his work in. He's serious about uh, his craft. And, and those type of guys allow you to 
expand your bench or shrink the rotation based on the game. And, and that's just coaching. And I think our guys understand that we're just trying to win games. You mentioned Tyreek Evans. How's his ankle? Uh, possibility he come back for you on Sunday? Yeah, we, we feel good about him uh, possibly coming back. Um, he was sore um, the day after the game. He was sore today, but he did some stuff on the floor today, which was uh, really good to see. And yet, Tyreek's a gamer, and he's he's a tough kid. So when you know he goes down and he's hurting, you know he's in he's in a tough bind. But mm -hmm. I, I feel with these days off, it's a blessing that we have four days in between the game. I think by Sunday, Tyreek will be chomping at the bit to get back on the floor, and and you know we can get one of our guys back. Coach, we touched upon this at the at the end of the prior segment. Um, this is rare. This is four non-game days for you as we speak here on this Thursday night. Um, one argument, I guess, would be this is perfect. you got to get some guys healthy. You guys can use some rest. The other side of that argument would be our team's in a rhythm right now. I hate not keeping that rhythm going or, you know, spacing it out a little bit. Where do you stand on what these four non-game days mean for your team? I don't, I don't try to overthink it too much. Um, I think it works for us a little bit because we have so many guys uh, who are hurting, uh, especially Tyreek, and it helps us with the minutes that Eric and, and AD have played um, over the course of this season. So it's a good break for us. Um, at the same time, you know, we, we have played really good basketball, but I think, you know, being able to start at home may help us get back on track right away. Um, and I think our focus is at a at a high right now, and so our guys understand that it, you know if we play hard and defend, it, you can get your rhythm back right away. Mm -hmm. You know, and that that's something that we've kind of prided ourselves on here. And so I, I see both arguments. You know, I see the hey man, it's good to get some rest, and then I see the good night man. We're we're playing really well, but you know we we <laughs> we still have like three of our main guys out, and to be able to get our guys back um, and just be at home, home cooking, be around our families for a few days and, and watch some basketball and watch the league sometimes can be therapeutic as well because our guys will be chomping at the bit to get back on the floor. Anthony Davis has been on a tear basically since coming back from the shoulder injury. I'm going to paraphrase here, um, but I think that you told me after his rookie year that this arms race is going to start to happen. Anthony's going to play at a certain level. And then opposing teams and coaching staffs are going to find a new way to defend him or confuse him. And then Anthony's going to take another step. It seems like he's got the leg up at the moment. Is he taking a step or is, is this arms race now favoring him for the moment now? I, I don't know. You look at his numbers and it's, it's, it's easy to say that he's ahead of everybody else. But I think one thing that is a bit different is that you know, he has a few guys around him, like Eric and Tyreek, that take some of the load off of him. And Lexi's been able to come into games and, and keep teams off balance. So I, I think before, you know, he'd go through a stretch and it would just be him. Um, you know, we didn't have, for whatever reason, guys were hurt, and then we didn't have our bench playing at a higher level. Mm -hmm. um, now a lot of things are, are meshing. Um, his play and then having other guys out there that you have to pay attention to really helps us. And Omir, you know, is so good on the boards that you can't just put a smaller guy on him. 
as he'll go get the offensive rebound. So I think AD's IQ has gone through the roof, the way he looks at the game, the way he understands play calling and what we're looking for. You know, he has his lapses every now and again against double teams, and he's gotten so much better at that than he was earlier in the year. Earlier, he was throwing that ball in the seats, and now he's starting to read where the double team is coming from, uh, picking guys apart a little bit, and that's really helped us um, as a team. So I'm not sure where he is as far as the the race is concerned, but I, I know when teams have to game plan for him, and Eric, and Tyreek, and Lexi, and Norris, and Quincy shooting, Dante on the break, those things really help us. Having Luke out there spacing the floor, it helps AD and all of our guys who, who we rely on, it helps those guys um, have some room to operate. That helps me see it a different way. Appreciate that. Let me finish by uh, picking your brain about your opponent on Sunday here in New Orleans, and that's the Denver Nuggets. As you start to take a look at them now, for Sunday's game, how much different are they since their coaching change? It seems, on the surface, quite different. Yeah, well, they, they're playing um, a bit faster. I think they, they've always wanted to play that way. Um, they, they won so many games with Coach Carl playing fast, and mm -hmm. they may have slowed down a little bit. But, you know, the one thing I know about coaching changes, you know, unless you have a, a real training camp, eventually you're going to be who you're going to be. And... You know, we, we feel like they're a dangerous team. They have good point guard play. Uh, they get up and down. But we were able to beat them on their floor when usually they take advantage of you in that regard. I think on our floor, our, our guys will be prepared. But they, they are playing a bit faster. Um, Fareed is diving with more intensity. I watched them last night against Atlanta. He, he played well. He was more active. Uh, their guard play with... Lawson and, and Nelson, um, pretty good guards, coming off pick and roll and distributing the ball. But I think our guys will be up for the task. It'll be fun. Coach, thanks for the visit this Thursday night and all the best this weekend. Yeah, thank you. And um, certainly want to make sure I put the plug out there. I know I say it all the time, but there's so many hurting people in, in our city. And um, you drive downtown and you go under a bridge or you get close to downtown, you see it. And so if you you're a Pelicans fan or if you're someone just listening to this program and you got some change in your car or in your house, take it down to the mission, uh, the New Orleans mission or Covenant House or Second Harvest. Um, that change could change someone's life. It could put a, a meal in someone's stomach. And I can't reiterate enough, uh, my family, uh, we, we put our, our finances into those groups and I've seen the money. Uh, how it works for so many people. And so if you have something at home that you can spare, uh, take it to those groups and uh, help our city get better. Again, you can catch the show every Thursday at 8 p.m. on 105.3 WWL-FM. Next Thursday, the time will move to 8.30 p.m. due to the Pelicans playing the Suns at 9 p.m. We will lead you into that broadcast with the Monty Williams Show. Okay, when we come back, I'll wrap things up. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Basketball fans from all over Louisiana are invited to the Louisiana High School Boys and Girls All-Star Basketball Games being held in Shreveport at the Hirsch Coliseum on Saturday, March 21st. The best players from Louisiana will put on an exciting display of showmanship. Tickets are only $10 and games start at 1 p.m. Check out hotels and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT.
The future is now for the New Orleans Pelicans as all-star Anthony Davis has become one of the elite players in the NBA. 2015-16 season tickets are now on sale, so make sure to secure early bird pricing and receive special gifts as part of our parade of prizes. Season ticket holders receive great benefits, including access to exclusive team events, plus savings on concessions and merchandise. Be part of the best fan experience in the NBA by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Okay, time to wrap things up here from Studio B. I have my umbrella ready. I hope you all stay dry on this Friday. Here it's going to be a great weekend weather-wise, and we deserve it after the, this week of wet weather. Man, it's just been raining all week. I am ready for some sunshine. For those participating in St. Patrick's Day festivities, or the parades, I should say, stay safe, don't drink and drive, but hope you enjoy it. Again, supposed to be beautiful weather here in the Gulf region tomorrow. I do have to give a quick shout-out to my Georgia Southern Eagles who play tomorrow in the Sunbelt semifinals at Lakefront Arena. I'll be there to support them and hoping to see them take home the Sunbelt championship in their first year in the conference. Also, keep an eye out on the Thunder, Pelicans fans. Tonight, we are all Timberwolves fans. The Thunder host the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, then the Chicago Bulls on Sunday. No matter the outcome of their game tonight, we will enter Sunday, that Sunday morning, with the 8th spot in the West. The Thunder play early Sunday afternoon, so I can't say we'll have the 8th spot by game time on Sunday at 5 p.m. Um, but again, when you wake up on Sunday, the Pelicans will still be sitting in the 8th spot. Enjoy the weekend. We hope to see you at the Smoothie King Center Sunday when the Pelicans take on the Nuggets. We need you guys there to support this team during the playoff push. Home games are very important down the stretch, so make sure you come out on Sunday at 5 p.m. against the Nuggets, and then also on St. Patty's Day Tuesday against the Bucks. I would say I would encourage you to wear green to the Smoothie Kings there on Tuesday, but we're also playing Milwaukee, who is a green-wearing team. So maybe a wristband or something in green, maybe shoelaces. That way it's it's not showing that we're Bucks fans here. But again, come out. And there also is a koozie on Tuesday to give away, too. Um, pretty cool koozie. So again, plenty of reasons to come out to the Smoothie King Center. But most importantly, it's because this Pelicans team is in the middle of a playoff push, and we hope to see you there Sunday and Tuesday. Well, that'll do it for today's show. I'm Daniel Salerson. Have a fantastic weekend, and thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.